for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 333, Little Brother of the Beast of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. I'm your host, Will Wynn. And this week, we're back again to talk about the Book of Boba Fett, continuing the train of special guests. This week, we've got just one of the best guys. Come on. I mean, what can you say? Costumer. Not cosplayer, costumer extraordinaire uh family man host of the rogue rebels uh podcast so some call him sal i call him canaan or boss you do whatever you want it's our buddy sal perales what's up how's it going buddy thanks so much for coming on dude it's always a pleasure to hang with you guys i'm super excited to have you here like, I've been trying to get on your show, and I can't quite line up my wife's schedule, but I I apologize for that. I want to be on your show so bad. When you got an opening, man, we're going to make it happen. That's absolutely right. I'm going to squeeze yeah. it in there. I mean, it might have to be a Sunday because my schedule's been weird lately, but hey, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going to be talking about Chapter 4 of the Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. But before we do that, the first thing I like to do on these is when we have one of our guests is uh, do a little bit of a catch up. What have you thought about the book of Boba Fett so far, Sal? Like, you know, the first three episodes. So I guess like, I I mean, I love the show right out of the gate, but my main things like going into the show and then even as the show is going is trying to figure out like, like what's the impetus behind like what's Boba Fett's motivation? Like uh-huh. I'm like this dude came out five years later to be like, now I want my armor. Now I want my ship. Now I'm going to start a crime syndicate. So those were all my big, big questions. And I feel like this is the episode that started to answer them. Yeah. I think we, um, we made a big headway in finding that out yeah. this week, but I've really, really enjoyed like the ride. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, like kind of, this is almost the same thing I thought of of Han Solo, although I guess to a lesser extent, because I'm a I'm a I've I've always been a Boba Fett fan. I've always liked Mandalorians and stuff, 
Um, but when Han Solo was when Solo was coming out, I was very much like, eh, you know, like this. I I'm not like a huge, huge, huge fan of Solo, but I was like, hey, this is gonna be cool. This is gonna be fun. But my thoughts were also like, yo, this is probably gonna be the best. This is the closest we're gonna get to like an underworld movie, right? So like, it's gonna be cool to see that part of the galaxy. Um, and now the Boba Fett show is mm-hmm. sort of gonna be doing it's doing that same thing. Yeah, yeah, we're getting to see this you know? one sort of concentrated corner of the underworld yeah and sort of like you know what's going on with tatooine the power vacuum after jabba yeah bib fortuna and stuff i do think that's cool especially after uh a little pluggy plug catching up with uh war of the bounty hunters and coming on the rogue rebels podcast and talking to you guys or about those issues so (laughs) all right um so we'll just jump in will real quickly like you know we don't have to we'll go step by step but overall what did you think of chapter four uh really impressive to me like sal mentioned payoff on a lot of some of the questions uh-huh. uh pay off on a lot of those answers uh, i felt like this is what the first three episodes have been building to and i was really satisfied with that like i feel really satisfied that that i got all of this from the from the build up for the first three episodes before yeah it kind of feels like um, I mean, and uh, this might be an obvious statement, but like almost the exact middle point of the story. I know there's only three episodes right. left, but like it feels like the first half of the season was building to this point where we get the flashback of him explaining, you know, why he wants to start a crime family, why he, um, you know, all of this stuff and his uh, partnership with Finnick and their relationship and all that and is really setting up setting the stage for the back three which is obviously going to be this big underworld war that's coming right Mm -hmm. so uh sal what did you think uh overall thoughts on chapter four um yeah i feel the same way i feel like you know like the big thing for me was a lot of those questions getting answered but i still obviously there's still more questions in the show I'm really liking a lot of the characters and like, you know, like a lot of the connections that are being made, like with Boba sort of like squatting up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really digging it. And I feel like I have a good idea. Like we'll get into it a little bit later of where I think it's going. Oh yeah. And I am excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everything sort of kicks off immediately into flashback mode. One of the things I thought was, sort of interesting about this one in particular is you know the previous episodes have sort of been a mix match where like present Mm -hmm. day then flashback back to present day and so on and so forth but this one seemed sort of split exactly down the middle flashback at the front present day at the end right real quick though his room is nice who knew because all we've ever seen you know in the movies and stuff is like the grimy like entertainment era the living room of Jabba's palace but everybody just fall asleep on the floor yeah but who knew I mean I I guess they just couldn't get Jabba up those stairs but there's some nice shit going on in those upper floors he's got a balcony (laughs) like flowing airy drapes that's what I was gonna say those drapes really make it yeah yeah once you clean the slug slime off everything it's pretty nice in there yeah I bet she's got mm-hmm. a rug that really ties the room together you know what I mean absolutely 
They got that. They got that desert sunset view. Now, I'm sorry, suns set. <laughs> suns. I did want to ask you. I, I figure since we have uh, such a wonderful costumer on the podcast, I got to ask you about a detail that I've noticed. Why does Boba's underpants have a belt? Like, has anybody else noticed that he's wearing basically boxer briefs with a belt? I just thought it was the waistband. I guess I'm not. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Was it, is it a belt? It, it kind of looks like a belt to All me. Right. It's a real chunky cartridgey, yeah, okay. like Batman style belt. Oh my it's just gonna make it futuristic. It may be part of the healing getup. You know, maybe it's. Um, there you go. It's pressure fit. Yeah, I was just wondering. Is it kind of <laughs> looks like his his belt of pouches that he's got on his like you know his old school costume. That's Look, been... Sometimes when you're in your chonies, you still want to have a pocket for your cell phone. Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, sure. He could take his uh, his fucking cell phone into the flashback mm-hmm. juice. Are you snack. Pref- saying you would prefer to see his dongle? Is that? Are you wondering why he has underpants? No, no, no. I was wondering why the underpants had a belt. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Would I prefer? Of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I mean, get the fuck out of here. Let us, let's not pretend. But no, I'm saying like, it's an odd choice. Like, you know, sometime I kick it in my boxer briefs around the house, but I don't mm-hmm. do it with a belt. Maybe I'll start. Maybe it'll be boxer briefs and a fanny pack for my See, phone. now I got to pay attention. Now I got to go in there and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to get approved in the Mandalorian merch. It's chonies <laughs> with a belt. Y'all, there you go. Here's the front. Here's the back. Here's the sides. Just so a fanny pack uh-huh. to your boxers, Hawes. Uh-huh. Just wear them around for a day and see see how that feels. Yeah. See and, see what you can do with that. And and then get get in the bathtub and like fully submerge myself in that get up. Yeah. Just yeah. live the dream, man. Make sure with you put your phone straw. in the Ziploc yeah. bag. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I'll have to or that or get like one of those otter box waterproof cases or something you know we'll have to figure out the logistics but i I like your idea will yeah (laughs) going good places so we kick into the fat flashback boba's riding around on his bantha can i just say Mm -hmm. i was not expecting them to make boba an animal dude and i don't know that i could like they the next episode could be book of boba fett chapter chapter five hall sucks that's the name of the episode and it still would not deter me from how fucking delighted i am that boba loves animals that a new character detail that they've added to the character of boba fett my favorite star wars character is that like he just likes he 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 pets the fuck out of some of these star wars animals man like I mean, I want one to of the, ride this one. <laughs> one of the character traits from, you know, outer lore that has made it into canon is his, you know, animal husbandry, his beast masterness, and uh, he was kind of an asshole beast master in the holiday special. Yeah, he smacks so think, that poor dinosaur around like that's yeah. th- that's not the boba I love. The boba that's I love is like petting his he, bantha, feeding him a little see, rotisserie he's chicken. Changed. Uh, but like, you know, nobody wants to see the asshole guy to animals. I don't want to see him whipping animals. Of course, I want to see him nice to animals. You know what I, I like, like to imagine? Be the beastmaster. I like to imagine that that uh, what is it called? The faithful Wookie? Is that what it's called? The yes. Um, the holiday special animated uh, short that introduced Boba Fett. I like to imagine that in universe, meaning 
they went and had this adventure. And then when they got done, Han Solo went to see like an amateur animator that worked for the Rebel Alliance and was like, hey, I want to tell you about this adventure we just went on. And he totally threw Boba under the bus. And he was like, oh, man. Uh, then he smacked the dinosaur. And the guy's yeah. like, all right, smack He's the dinosaur. He's such a jerk. And that aired on Life Day in the Star Wars universe. And Boba <laughs> was like, I would, I would never smack that dinosaur. I'm going to freeze that motherfucker in carbonite. <laughs> I didn't hit that. I know. <laughs> that's that's like the impetus behind this alleged rivalry. Yeah, yeah, that's like, why Boba you made a like... cartoon that was offensive to my <laughs> to my bestial nature, and you you made it seem that I wasn't nice to my creatures. The beast I rode that was a hundred times the size was my best friend. <laughs> um, so you didn't see what he did to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Boba. Uh, Riding around on his Bantha. He's scoping out Jabba's palace because he wants to get his ship back. And he's like, oh, there's a bunch of dudes there. I don't know about that. I love that look at sort of the underground uh, docking bay or whatever that's under Jabba's palace. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Sal, what would you think about sort of those opening moments and stuff? Yeah, I totally liked it. And honestly, it reminded me a little bit of um, Battlefront 1. Uh-huh. Do you guys remember that level? There's like a Jabba's palace mm -hmm. yeah. where you can get to that sort of like docking bay. Yep. And then like yeah. in the game, there's like a skiff or mm -hmm. like the, the the barge is there or something. And you can fight around there. So like I was getting flashbacks to that because it had like a similar vibe and look, obviously. Right. Um, this is a weird thing that happens to me is I think I play too many damn Star Wars video games. <laughs> and then I see some of these things and it starts to give me flashbacks of things that didn't actually happen in real life. Uh, the same mean. thing happened because I was playing Sims, the Batu expansion. Right. Then I went to Batu, and I was like, "Oh, that's where I got beat up by a stormtrooper." And then I was like, "Wait a minute, that didn't happen. <laughs> like that—that that was a video game you played one time." But like the the Sims land looks so much like the it's like exact replica. Oh, really? That like when I look at it, I'm like, "Yep, it was right there, boy." <laughs> that's <laughs> that awesome. was where you got first order wrecked. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, Jabba's palace rocks. What'd you think, Will? Yeah, I love Jabba's Palace. And the fact that you get so much detail about it in this episode, like you guys were talking about the hangar and, uh, you know, all of that. The galley? Is that what you would call that air? Or the, I mean, it's Ooh, a kitchen, yeah. but is that the galley? We'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, Boba goes. He has a nice rotisserie chicken by the uh, campfire. He feeds a little to his Bantha buddy. That Bantha... What, what was it in the Mandalorian where we saw the Tuscans like cleaning the Bantha's teeth with their gas yes. sticks? Yeah. Yeah. Boba yeah. needs to do that to his Bantha. His Bantha needs some, uh, some attention. Well, he got set off into the wild to fend for himself. Um, He's going to go dig up melons and look for <laughs> mama, mama, man, you know. Make baby Banthas. Yeah, yeah. Make baby Banthas. Look for mama Banthas. So he, um, he sees the flares going off from season one of the Mandalorian and um, goes and he finds Fennec. So, you know, basically mm -hmm. the other point of view of that little right. teaser right. that drove me insane a couple of years. And you got the feedy shot. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he picks up uh, Fennec and takes her to, um, what does he call it? A mod? Mod parlor. A mod parlor. Very cyberpunky, by the mm -hmm. way. Very cyberpunky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
And then there's this like wild ass uh, montage of Star Wars surgery where the doctor's changing his hand out for different instruments mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just bananas all over the place. Will, what did you think about sort of that section of the episode? It was interesting to see. Uh, but what was more interesting was Boba's explanation unto her afterward when he was like, you know, I, it was the best I could do in the situation. He says, I think he says you were gut shot, mm-hmm. uh, which is clearly an indication that that's a bad thing. And, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that. And what's interesting was that the mod guy wasn't going to cover it up. He's like, aren't you going to cover her up? And he's like, what? Hide all that beautiful machinery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. Again, another great answer to a question that we've had since the Mandalorian, you know. Like the Robo Tummy, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um Sal, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked the like funny techno like montage and he's putting all these hydraulics and all this stuff. Like um although in the back of my mind I was hearing that like the guy from uh what is it, Grandma's Boy? It's like, Do you guys like techno? I just don't really like that much. You would if you had robot ears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I know people don't like the mods or whatever they are. Like, they're pretty rad. Why? I think it's so. like kind of cool that there are these crazy kids on Tatooine who shower every day, mm-hmm. like, clean themselves up, repaint their bikes, and, yeah. like, keep them nice and clean. Like, this is, this is cool. Like, Tatooine doesn't have to be dirty all the time. No. And, uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of is uh, Valance or Valance from yeah, the yeah. Bounty Hunters comic, right? And like, I thought it was really cool. Like, all right, if I had my choice, it would have been Doctor Mandible right, that did right. the surgery. That's what just... We were all thinking, <laughs> but I do think it was neat to tie Phoenix surgery into the crew that Boba just hired, the mod kids right, from. Right. I don't streets. even know that they're necessarily. Is it the same crew, or the, is that the same crew of mods? I mean, um, it, you don't see them, but yeah. it's clear that like there's a lot of them that hang in yeah. the, in Maz Eisley, right? Because they're from. Maz, oh no, but the other ones were in Maz Espa, Maz Espa. Right? right? Yeah, and this one's on the yeah. edge of Maz Espa. Okay. But like that whole concept, and to, and to show that like, well, yeah. like, the scene on Tatooine is wild right now, y'all. Yeah, mod scene is coming up. Yeah, well, like I like that. Because, you know, the guy comes in and tells Boba, like, there's these kids that are fucked up, man. They are they replace their parts with droid parts, and, like, he's real shitty about it. Yeah. And, like, Boba sees them and doesn't think twice about it. And now you see, like, well, part of that is because Finnick was saved by that technology, mm-hmm. right? Like, to tie those two things together sort of that way I did think was pretty cool. I think their introduction in the previous episode makes their use in this episode so much more. Uh, it's an easy transition. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Had you not right. included that mod squad biker gang, this would have kind of come out of nowhere and people would have been like, hmm, that came out of nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But it doesn't. You know, it's it's beautifully woven into what's already there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought it was neat. You know, it threw me for a loop at first just because the music is so different for Star Wars, but it fits. And, yeah. like, it was just such a different feel than some of the stuff we've gotten before. 
Um, and robot I mean, body parts are not new in Star Wars. No, no. Like, you right, have General sure. Grievous, you know, who is on the uh, the complete end of the spectrum, and Luke Skywalker's got a robot hand. You know, so does Anakin. So, I yeah. mean, even the guy doing the operation, like his first hand, looked like a super battle droid hand. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, but it was giving me a lot of. Oh man, I forgot what I was going to say. I was so smart. <laughs> what happened? <sighs> oh well. Um, I did. Uh. I think some of those designs, like the kid that has both of his eyes replaced, mm-hmm. was real cool looking. Like some of it looks, re- some of it works for me better than other ones, but uh, some a of little bit of Elysium. Cool. Yeah, you know yeah. Neil Blomkamp's movie Elysium. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that vibe from that mod parlor. Yeah. Um. And so then, um, we get the campfire scene where Finnick wakes up. And Boba explains to her, like, you know, I took you to a mod parlor. I did the best I could under the circumstances. Uh, and basically, like, she one of my favorite lines is, um, she goes, uh, I guess I'm worth more alive. And yeah. he's like, yeah, you are, but I'm not looking for money. I just want you to help me get my car back, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I thought their sort of scene together most of their because they have a couple campfire yeah. scenes and yeah. all of them I thought were really good. Th- this episode <laughs> is not action heavy, Mm-mm. but it was really really well done. Like those scenes and the diet, like a lot of the pieces and stuff, like it, it was all well done. Especially their relationship in particular, Boba mm-hmm. and Fennec. Because for four episodes, she's just been like, "Hey, let's just shoot this guy. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna go chase this guy. Okay, yeah. here's this guy. Well, let's kill that guy." You know, like, we've gotten really good yeah. Finnick moments in the first three episodes, like, mm-hmm. but just tiny little moments, like cool lines yeah. here and there. But mm-hmm. to get this much of her and sort of see their relationship grow to the point it is in The Mandalorian yeah. and, and then yeah. in this is really cool. An um, explanation of the depth of the bond that they have and why. Yeah. Because, right. you know, and even to see her state of mind. Yeah, man. And, and, and like, yeah. you know, to she's free to go whenever she wants, basically. To see see that, like, you know, her and Boba both, I mean, you know, technically she was an assassin and he was a bounty hunter, but they both sort of served the same purpose to the people they worked for, right? They did the dirty work for the people they worked for. And to have, you know, that line, uh, I think it comes later, right, where Boba's like, I'm sick of almost dying for idiots <laughs> or whatever it is. Boba's like, do you remember War of the Bounty Hunters? Man, it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, you know, <coughs> I thought that was really cool. Um, and then what? Okay, so they have their sort of chat and then it's right on to uh, scoping out Jabba's palace, right? Yeah, she, like, sends the droid in. Right. Or, like, no, they talk about it, mm-hmm. and then they go and, like, scope it out. And she sends the little beep, 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 the mini teeny probe. Yeah. And then they sort of talk about it again. Yep, they talk some more. Yeah. Um, And I thought, I can't wait to see how much shit they jam-pack into the butt of Fennec's rifle, man. <coughs> she's got <laughs> She's got a knife in there. She's got this cool, like, scouting drone droid. Just you really, got a selfie stick? Probably. You know what I mean? Couple of you always need a pin, you know? <laughs> Couple safety pins. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Velcro. Pack of gum. Um 
Hot glue gun. <laughs> it's a cosplay fixing kit too. Yeah. She's got to keep that costume looking tight. Uh huh. I've had these clothes for thirty years. This is fresh. Um, and then, uh, Boba lets his bantha go, and he's like, "Uh, go on, go find other banthas, make ba- baby banthas." And the the bantha licks him, like it licks the whole side of his face because it's got this giant ass tongue, like the size of Boba. <laughs> yeah. I just I loved it. I can't say yeah. enough about it. Um, and then one, another one of my favorite lines is Finnick is like, uh, aren't you, shouldn't you wait to see if we get your ship back before you let your Bantha go? And he's like, uh, either we get it back or I'm going to be dead. And then you're going to be free. So <clears throat> I love that part. I love he's that. Very, this is what we're doing. Uh, yeah. It reminded me of that, like that whole Tarkin outlook, like death or renown, gentlemen. Yep. Yep. Death or renown. Um, and then a part I'm really interested to talk about, Will, is, is they sneak into the palace and right into the kitchen where mm-hmm. EV99 has gotten a demotion from being a dickhead to other droids to being like a, you know, uh, almost like a butler a droid. Cook. Or something. Yeah. 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 Knocking and, the frogs back in. Yeah. And then... One of do you guys remember in Attack of the Clones when they're on when Anakin and Padme get on the ship to go to Naboo, right? There's like that buffet, yeah, and there's yeah. a droid, hey, no droids, yeah, that refuses to serve R2D2. That's that same type of droid that's chopping up all the vegetables. I didn't notice it was the same one. I yeah, did, it, I do remember it having had because it was like flipping pancakes yeah. over here. Yeah, it's that same type of droid, and he's, like, chopping up uh, vegetables and stuff. Everything. Well, we don't get many looks into a Star Wars kitchen. And as a Michelin-starred chef, William Witten, what what did you think of Jabba's kitchen? Well, I guess it's Bib's kitchen, Bib Fortuna's kitchen. It was gross. It was gross. (laughs) F does not pass. (laughs) No. Trying to cook in an area with a dirt floor is just not, not the not move. Good. Uh, I also. I mean, did, you can do it if you have to. I got a uh, a text from Lizzie that was like, "Did you watch this episode? Yes, yes, yes." <laughs> Chef droids. <laughs> I have to admit, the range in the middle with the fire coming out of the floor—that's pretty neat. <laughs> is that something yeah. like if you if you? Would that be something you put in your restaurant or your home? Maybe not your home kitchen. That I don't That's know. That... Basically, like a barbecue pit or <laughs> yeah. like a wok thing. You either put wok, so you know, hot pans over that or something. Um, I loved that they brought EV ninety nine back, and whoever they got to do the voice is so spot on. Spot on. Because if I'm not mistaken, Richard Marquand, the director of Return of the Jedi, does that droid's voice in Return of the Jedi, and he's yeah. no longer around. So uh, whoever they got nailed it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, the, yeah, it was good. Now It was cool to see the scraps of that sail barge uh, out by the Sarlacc. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Sal, that little rat ca- catcher droid that comes in, uh-huh. right? Where's that? Have we seen those before? We've seen it in Clone Wars. Okay. It's either the same droid or just a very similar droid. And I think like in the original Clone Wars movie, mm. 
it like puts the little communicate like the ears hold the little communication device so he runs in and he's like there's a message and then he puts it on his head and then the hologram comes out and it's like Lord Sidious said to do blah 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 and Grievous is over here now or something I gotcha Um, you know but the but the 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 droids showed up multiple times in the Clone Wars okay but they brought him with right like there wasn't was, he on? Wasn't he with them on the ship? Didn't they bring him with them? That little no. He shows up later in uh, the meeting when they're having the meeting with all yeah the, in the palace. Yeah, with all the uh, different crime families. That little droid is still there. But once again, what I would not have expected out of a Boba Fett show was an extended, almost cartoon esque Boba chasing a tiny droid scene. <laughs> In like, it was that shuts himself off out of fear. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm Boba Fett. A very IG Evelyn, IG Eleven esque. Yeah, <laughs> just and, and like the the sounds and sort of the expressions that they were able to pull off with yeah. that droid and stuff. I thought it was real, sort of just charming and fun. Yeah, like, it was super cute. Um, yeah, and that poor droid Boba just grabs him up by the neck. <laughs> like he's gonna choke him, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get the big scene where they break Boba's ship out of uh, out the hangar. Of, out of the hangar. What did you think of that part, Will? That sort of like the whole plan and the escape. I liked that it was not flawlessly easy. Uh, I liked that they had some difficulty, couldn't get the guns around, scraping things, knocking half the wall out, mm-hmm. like. That's realistically how those would kind of things would go. Reminded me of Dungeons and Dragons. You know, when your party wants to go in and do something awesome in the dice, you're like, oh, no, you can't get the ship out of there. You can't use the guns. Like, shit just fucks up. Like, yeah. That's cool. It's real. Makes it feel real. Uh, what did you think, Sal? Uh, I dug it, like, especially as an action set piece. Like, the like Fennec, it was Fennec doing martial arts. So, like, I yeah. was like, yeah. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. And like she does this one crazy like flip like on not the, ramp. the black widow. Yeah. Fuck uh flip side throw. She does like a flip over the person yeah. <laughs> to a throw off. And I was like, and they shot it from like directly yeah. top like it was shot in such a weird way where I was like, that was dope. Why have I have I never seen this? This is rad. Um it was cool. It's definitely Phoenix showing how badass she was the oh, entire like, time. It was her scene. Like yep. he's just in there going, like I can't get the guns around. I can't, do it. I can't yeah, see anything. Can't do anything. <laughs> she's whooping everybody on the ramp, yeah. and then she gets that shot. She's like, "Just go, just go." She's like, "Close the ramp," and she takes the shot, and they hit her with that perfect shot as the ramp closes. Yep. Like she knows she nailed it. It's just like, bam! That was beautiful. <laughs> the um, you know what it reminds me of is we've got a hallway in our house that is like, I can go down it in my wheelchair, right? But there's no turning around. So, like, if I go down the hallway and I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot something. There's no turning around. I literally have to beep, 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 back that shit up. And a couple of times, I've tried to turn around and got stuck sideways, Austin Powers oh, no. style. And, like, seeing this scene, I was like, I know what that shit feels like. I know uh-huh. exactly what that feels like. Frustrating I was like, I fuck. can't get my guns out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was and and you talked about that overhead shot of her pulling off that crazy move. There are some crazy shots in general in this episode. The director Kevin, it's his first time working in Star Wars. Kevin okay. 
Tancheron? I I'm probably fucking. I read that up. the name, but it wasn't familiar to me. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, he did some real creative shit shot wise in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought. Um, and so they break out. Ship seems to be running good, and Boba's like, "Well, where do you want me to drop you off? You know, your your commitment yeah, to me they, is done." And yeah. she's like, um, "I'm I'm along for the ride." And she's like, what did you have in mind? And he goes, uh, I just have a couple of scores to settle. And then my absolute favorite moment in the episode happens where you see those fucking asshole uh, sp- speeder bike raiders. Kenton Striders. Kenton Striders. And the, the way you see them riding and then just the ship slowly comes into frame <laughs> and none of them notice. Uh-huh. Like, they're just riding, thinking they're fucking badass, going to Sturgis to get COVID or whatever the fuck they're going to do, and <laughs> listen to Smash Mouth, and then it cuts to Boba just unloading on these jerks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I couldn't have been happier. Like, what a great shot. What a great scene. Do you The guys... look on his face that whole time oh. was incredible. Yes. Uh, the, yes. like, the first guys died and have no idea what happened. Yep. yep. Yeah. Like, right. Somebody just exploded and and never knew why. Nope. Nope. Only the other couple at the front had time to turn around yeah. and see just moments before they were vaporized. And then he used his missile on those guys. Yeah. Like on the front guy, <laughs> shot him with a missile. Yeah. Like it was a speeder bike, bro. He said, "Fuck you in particular." Uh huh. You know, I the- do. I love the sound of of the slave one's weaponry. Yes. Like those blasters are like the like. The, the pace and rate of fire mm-hmm. is so dope. Man, it just reminds me of being, you were talking about it earlier, playing uh, the starfighter mode in Battlefront oh, and getting man. the points to break it, break a foot off in someone's ass with Boba Fett ship. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, uh, boy, do I love it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just adored that scene. <clears throat> and then... Speaking of crazy shots, the next sequence is bananas to me. Boba goes back to the Sarlacc, and as mm-hmm. soon as I saw like the wreckage, I was like, "Oh my god, he's going to get revenge on the Sarlacc." I thought, <laughs> I thought he was just going to roll up and blow the Sarlacc up. You know what I mean? I uh, uh, didn't uh, connect with me that he thought his armor was still in there. Right, right. and he takes the ship sort of upside down horizontal yeah this is the shot i'm talking about where the shot is like you're looking up out of the sarlacc as the cockpit comes into view and blacks out the sky what an inventive fucking crazy shot for what they were pulling off there like just the slave like there was so much of this episode that hinged on the mechanics of the slave one. Yeah. And it's like design, like it couldn't get out of the hangar. The guns couldn't come. Now it's like leaning over its face to like look in the Sarlacc. So yeah. these dudes can look out the windshield. Uh, and then like, uh, you know, when the, the thing grabs it, the guns can't do anything. Cause the guns are way down there. They're yep. like shooting in the sand. Um, that was a mess. <laughs> What did you Next think? time, don't touch my buttons. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this part, Will? Oh, it was good. I mean, you know, if you need to look in a Sarlacc, how else do you want to do it? You know, from inside a spaceship, obviously. That's fair. And a rare sort <sighs> of uh, Star Wars jump scare, right? Like when, yeah, the, right. Because at first I was like, oh, look at him. 
they got rid of the special edition beak, that old Sarlacc beak that George added in the special edition. And nope, nope. Next, here it comes, popping out. Um, uh, it, so in, in a way, you know, Boba Fett had his revenge on the Sarlacc. Oh, for sure. kind of inadvertently in, in trying to save his life and get away, but uh, you know, he had he got he he got his. That thing's dead. Like the Sarlacc is definitely dead yeah. now. I yeah. actually. When did he lose it? Did Jawa strip it from him once he got out of the Sarlacc? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because and he just thinks it fell back in there. Yeah. I just I just no. I just don't think he remembers. Yeah. I just don't. He, think li- he was literally was like enough. dying, and yeah. they sort of like. Took it off him, and then as soon as he looked up, they like pistol whipped him to death. Yeah, right. To sleep, and then the sand and Tuscan Raiders found him. Yeah, you know? so <laughs> yeah, I guess he just didn't remember. Um, yeah, but yeah, that. So then Boba goes like rappelling down in the Sarlacc to look for his armor. Yeah, and like the Sarlacc tentacles are all like dismembered and stuff splayed yeah. out yeah. on this sand, all gnarly and shit, looking yeah. like a dead starfish. Um, <laughs> And Boba comes out, and you know he's like, oh, "It's not down there," and he's getting burned by the acid again because yeah. he went down in there. Um, and then we basically from there we go to the final sort of uh, campfire scene before between the two of them, right? That sort of wraps up um, the flashbacks section, yeah, where she's like basically asking him why. He wants to start a crime family. And Sal, I wanted to ask you this. There's a moment where Boba says he wants to get his ship back, get his armor back, and he wants to get rid of the... He he basically says he wants to get rid of the dude that double-crossed him, talking about Bib Fortuna, right? Okay. Yeah, he's like, I want to... I want to take it to, I think he even called that bloated something. I can't remember the exact Yeah, that's one. right. He does say that. Okay. Is that a reference to War of the Bounty Hunters? Uh, our friend Catherine uh, Neen asked me that on Twitter. And like. I mean, it could be. Like, because he and Bib Fortuna, Bib Fortuna does kind of screw him over a couple of times in War of the Bounty mm-hmm. Hunters. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was a reference to that. Because otherwise, like, we haven't seen anything necessarily where Bib has screwed him over, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's probably the closest. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And that was towards his last, you know, his ending of his career over there. Yeah. Um, for going in the hole. But yeah, I liked that the scene was really, really well done. I liked all of his stuff, and I liked the, like, Fennec's understanding of, like, where it comes from. But I really like... Because the whole thing was like, why Why does he want to do this now? And then he's just like, I'm just tired of working for idiots. And I was like, oh, my God. Is it, why Why didn't I think of this earlier? Of course you. Yes. Oh, yes. A thousand times yes. Oh, I, I you totally had to say, get it. Boba. Yeah. The, um, so tired. And, you know, we also see sort of a flash of the Boba we saw in Mandalorian Season 2. Because when he's talking to Finnick, right, he says, like, she tells him, like, I'll work for you. I'll do jobs for you, but I'm an independent right. contractor. And right. he's like, no, I'm offering you something more. You can be yeah. part of the business, and I will pledge my life to protect yours. And then remember in Mandalorian Season 2, he tells Din, like, hey, man, just give me my clothes back. Give me my armor back, and I will pledge my life to get that kid back for you and to protect mm-hmm. him. So we're sort of seeing that 
sort of idea of Boba Fett repeated again. Um, what did you think I, of this part, Will? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it, it just proves his respect. Mm-hmm. I don't know his focus on respect, and 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 I'm glad I got that explanation as well. Yeah. Again, another great reveal of information. But I mean, even the uh, like, I don't know whether it's chance. You know, fate steps in to rescue the wretched. Like. Mm-hmm. The fact, that, like, when he gives it to her, he's like, yo, I need brains and muscle, and you're both. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why he chose her and why he, like, because it's true. Like, he does need good people on his side, and he knows that. Um, Recognition of talents. Yeah. And I think this also kind of, in a weird way, dovetails really, really well with the canon stuff that we've been seeing with Boba. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you if you read a lot of stuff, it's like, Boba works alone, Boba works alone. And then when he's a kid, he started Crate's Claw and he was doing it. He was working with people. And it seems that goes up into a point into where he's only focused on his own rep right. and his own stuff and won't work with people anymore. It seems like the Corellia job is a big fall, is a big yeah. part of that, you know. Uh, and then this sort of wraps around it after years, you know, a decade of working by himself. He's like, OK, I'm going to do something else now. Like, I need to build a try. Like, and then the the learning process behind that is learning from the Tuscans. Yeah. Too. Because like if, if you, I like that. If you think about it, like sort of the Tuscans in a way are Boba the first time Boba's had a family since Attack of the Clones. Like he's yeah. worked you know, yeah. in the Clone Wars you see him working with other bounty hunters and He thought he had a family and Aura Singh left him. Yeah. Dude. He went to jail. Yeah. So like I think him seeing that you know, I think his time with the Tuscans, you know, and there's even this part where Finnick tells him, like, your time with the Tuscans has made you soft. And he's like, no, it's made me stronger. <clears throat> and I think that will turn out to be true by the end of this uh, mm-hmm. series, for sure. What's interesting, and I know they don't drive that home and it may not be relevant anymore, but, you know, this idea was introduced to him, whether he knows it or not, through the Han Solo, Luke Skywalker that family, you know, look what they were able to accomplish, infiltrating Jabba's palace, getting Han Solo out, Luke Skywalker saving everybody. Look at what that tribe, that family accomplished. Sent his ass into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. He's, and like, then he he's like, I only saw the beginning tribe. of that fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I was, there's this um, interview or, or like this little video with Ming-Na Wen and Timur Morrison going around today where they're doing like one of those online quizzes to see which book of Boba Fett character you would be. You know, it's like pick your favorite lightsaber color and stuff. And it, it that question comes up and it's like, if you were a Jedi, which color lightsaber would you have? And I think the, you know, the options are blue, green, red, or purple and orange, I think are the options. And uh, Timur Morrison, it's real funny. He goes, uh, well, I'm not picking purple. He's like, last time I saw one of those, <laughs> things didn't go so well. He's like, I didn't get to see the end of the movie. And Ming-Na Wen was like, well, w- you know, there wasn't anything to watch after that. And he goes, no, because I didn't have a head anymore. I didn't get to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, good times. And then we go back. So that seems to be like, you know, there's a couple flashes of him killing Bib and taking the throne and stuff. And then right. we get thrown into present time. Uh, his back to session is over and the droid declares like that's your let la- you've completed your healing sessions or whatever 100 percent. so if 
unless Boba gets injured and needs to go back in the back to tank, I'm wondering. I mean, there could still be, uh, you know, flashbacks in further episodes, of course, and they right. could use some different framing device. But I kind of wonder if that was to sh say, like, that's it for the flashbacks. Then it almost possible. seems like it. Like the end of the flashbacks sort of brought us into everything we know. Yeah, yeah, we are so current. It, it feels final at this point. Yeah, I mean, because but... the only sort of unresolved issue in that timeline there is him getting his armor back and we know how that happened right right so and well and him getting out of bed and looking at the slave one taking off that window where is that going man they showed uh, it to us three times i know man i don't know i think where's Django going and leaving boba behind right i th maybe that was Django leaving to go to coruscant with Zam wessel like. yeah you know sort of the beginning of the end the beginning of the Django. end yeah um, and so, you know, Boba is talking to Finnick, asking about the mayor's major domo, asking like, oh, has he given us anything? So that I, for some reason, I assume the mayor left Tatooine, right? Like I figured he left. Right. Or but either that or he's in hiding somewhere. That's what it seems to, they With think the at least, is that he's yeah. hiding somewhere on Tatooine and they're trying to find him. Yeah. They're uh, like the mods are on the street. And then Boba wants to go into town and show his face again, you know, do his rounds, go back to his favorite bar that he never drinks at. He might let him clean his helmet occasionally. <laughs> um, and then we get some real badass shit with Chrysanthemum. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and it's this extended fucking, what was that movie with Patrick Swayze uh, in the bar? I mean, which one? Well, the one where he's the bartender. What is that movie? Not the bartender. Not Roadhouse, he's a bouncer. Yeah, bouncer. Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse. We get this okay. extended Roadhouse scene of him just smashing Trandoshans. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about that part, Will? Uh, that's what I wanted to see. Like, uh, And especially the way that that scene ended. It was written well to subvert expectation. You thought, maybe he's going to clear that bar tab and set that dude down no 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 he had the money to pay for them drinks fuck that guy <laughs> i was yelling like i is a trend ocean he'll be fine like yeah he'll that's grow just back. gotta grow back um well, he's known to rip their arms people's arms out of their sockets the so. funniest thing to me is clearly what they did was with the trend ocean like face appliances is they cg'd the eyes right yeah and they're so like some of the expressions that they yes. do are so funny, dude. And like, it's maybe yeah. not the strongest special effect element in the show, but I don't care because it's so silly to me and so funny. Some of the uh, facial expressions they end up making. Yeah. It's, it's like not silly. It's a like, holy shit, there's a giant Wookiee coming at me face. <laughs> yeah. That's the fucking face you would make. <laughs> and like when he gets the bottle broken over his back and turns around and that little guy, I mean, comparatively little guy <laughs> yeah, is just yeah. standing there. Oh, it's so I, good. I have a question. Were, were the Trandoshans cheating or was he just mad that he, they were winning and making a bunch of noise? I don't know. My theory. Okay. Trandoshans are notoriously Wookiee slavers. Oh, and oh. that Trandoshan was taken... And put into the soul to the fighting pits way back when. 
So I thought that he was just taking out his like Trandoshan anger. He was just no, like he was sitting there drinking like these motherfuckers. Like, Buddy, that's exactly what it is. You just nailed there's no other explanation it, right? because Because they've hinted at this gladiator thing yeah, several times. And mm-hmm. and when she comes to talk to yeah. him, she, do you know her name, Sal? Garza? Garza Whip. Okay. When she oh comes goodness. to talk to him, like that's what she talks about. She was like, You're mm-hmm. so strong. And you know what? So in the comics, right, Chrysanthemum has this sort of pronounced scar on his eye. Yeah. And I see it. Yeah. You could finally see it in this episode. I missed it the first couple. We never, I guess, got as close up on his face, but Mm -hmm. they did it. uh, Yeah. For sure. I saw him when he runs runs away from the the castle in the last episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, So you can see it like on the close ups. We just, it took us a couple episodes to get there. Um, But yeah, that scene with her trying to talk him down and then him ripping. And. (laughs) <laughs> he, he, he he pays for the drinks and walks out <laughs> and then she looks over at boba fett who's just been standing there watching the whole time and with perfect delivery he just says it was worth a shot mm-hmm. i uh-huh. loved it yeah um and i lo- yeah it's and her face when it like doesn't happen she's just like ah, yeah mondays am yep. i right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, very like ah. and then uh he catches up with chrysanthemum and is like hey mate it seems like you need a job. So now homeboy is on team Boba. Couldn't Yo. be happier about that. I hope that is not uh, going to be one of those things where I'm excited only for it to go wrong in a couple of episodes where he does a double, double cross or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They've kind of the... semi worked together before. Right. Like, right. When Vader goes and gets bounty hunters, it's them too. Right. I'm looking forward to them being pals. Yeah. And like in like a, a super, like a dark side, ver- not dark side, but like a a more gnarly dark version of Han Solo oh and Chewbacca. Goodness. How awesome <laughs> would it be? Listen, guys, listen, I don't think this would happen, but you saying this made a pop in my head. What if in this show, Boba and Chrysanthemum run across Han and Chewie? Oh, so God. we see like the good guy version and then the quote unquote bad guy version, even though I don't Hold consider up. Can So you... BK and Boba are kind of like the Toka and Razar. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of, <laughs> yeah. Of Star Wars now. Yeah. Oh my Red. God. If they ran into them. Oh, oh, that would be fucking cool. Um, and then we get the dinner scene. Oh, one thing I did want to mention is I think this episode clears the table of all trailer footage meaning i don't as far as i can remember from all the trailers i think we've mm-hmm. seen everything now uh and one of the big things that was featured in those trailers was this dinner scene with boba calling the families in together to talk right 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 <laughs> um which i thought was really cool i mean it wasn't super long but you get the idea that like you know mm-hmm. they're maybe not as interested in getting rid of the pikes because they make a lot of money off of Mm -hmm. the sale of spice on tatooine and we have the aqualish the trandoshans what's that other species at the end of the table so clatu clatuinians okay it's barada right or clatuinians i'm not sure barada from return of the jedi is one of those guys right is one of them is that a nod towards Klaitu? The... Yes, there's the Klaitu, the Barada, and the Nictus. Yeah, it's 100% a, a nod to uh, right, Evil Right, but Barada is a Klaitu. Right, right. Indian. 
<laughs> oh, I thought it was the day the Earth stood still. I thought that was the name of the alien from that old movie. Maybe it is, but it, there it's definitely the the cursed words from um, Evil Dead as well. Evil Dead, I see. Um. So yeah, the the meeting you know is going on. There's some shit talking, and then the scene from the trailer where the guy is like, um, "What's stopping us from killing you right here and taking your mm-hmm. territory?" And then it's revealed that Boba set this fancy feast on top of the Rancor trap door. Oh, what a baller move, Boba. Oh, I love that. Everybody jumps. Yeah. And he's like, here you go, here you go. And he throws his new pet a little bit. He yep. throws his new pet a little leg. Look, man, I'm going to tell you, anytime I go to the fridge to get a little lunch meat snack out of the fridge, like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm a little hungry. Uh, I'm trying to hit, uh, trying to stay below certain calories, but I can have a couple pieces of lunch meat. Let me tell you, every pet we own lines up like Oliver fucking <laughs> Twist, right? Because please, sir, can I have some more? And what I have to do is then take a piece of lunch meat and divide it into equal pieces. Luna gets a little extra because she's a dog and she's bigger. And then I have to like wrangle these monsters. I'm like, okay, you get a little ham. You get a little ham. Don't eat his ham. You got your own ham. I totally get Boba. Like I, I th- what Boba did is essentially feeding my cat Walter lunch meat. But I just don't keep him in a pit. But if he was big as a rancor, I probably would ride him. Like battle cat. Fair. Fair. Um <clears throat> and then um sort of the episode ends with Boba and Finnick on the balcony, the nice balcony. Yep. Yep. Uh, talking about like, well, we need some muscle, and and she's like, well, how much treasure do you have? And I don't, I don't know why she said treasure. She could have just <laughs> she, did. Boba find some doubloons in a in a chest or something somewhere. You got that Goonies coin? Yeah, I think I think when you operate that far outside the law, you assume that not everything will be liquid know, cash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you. Some of it's assets. Some of it's you know. <laughs> Gems from thousands of broken worlds. <laughs> um, and then the big stinger at the end is she's like, well, we could hire some muscle. And then what happens? Yeah, right. I was like, oh, that's the Mandalorian's theme. Yep. Yeah. You know what that? Ah. So, guys, I think we have to discuss. He's gonna call up his buddy Din, right? Is that what? I'm he's sure. I, that's got to be what it's hinting at. So, is do you think Din be? will put together a crew? Because he wants an army, right? Didn't he say he needed to go to war? Yeah, I'm wondering if Din and a few uh, other Mandalorians show up. Do you think uh, what's her name? Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan and her crew will join the fight. She don't like Boba. She doesn't like Boba and probably doesn't much care for din right now either so i'm right. wondering if like it'll be boba plus some i don't know maybe it'll, maybe like, maybe din will pull some big brain so, shit so and be like i'll give you the spear bounty hunting yeah and crime syndicate like so yeah. i don't think she would be down but maybe she could follow the dark saber i don't know yeah i don't know you i know that's kind of what i was wondering maybe it's just din like because din's no slouch and I mean, Din has other Mandalorian homies, man. What happened to the, his covert? See, Where's those guys? My, okay, so I don't my think he theory, ever go back they were bounty that. hunters, right? 
yeah, my theory is that Din will show up with other Mandalorians, and what we'll find out is in however much time has passed since mm-hmm. the end of Mandalorian season two, Din has gathered Mandalorians around him, not just because he knew some previously from his old covert, but also because he has the dark saber. So that's going to mm. draw more Mandalorians to maybe follow him and stuff. Yeah. So I do kind of wonder if he's going to show up with some like quote unquote new characters. They may not All be right. like, you know, big time permanent characters. Well, in the words of Ursa Rin. It's easy to get the Darksaber, but it's not easy to keep the Darksaber. Right. Well, I think that is going to be stuff we explore in Mandalorian Season 3. <laughs> that is probably an incorrect quote because I can't remember the exact words. It doesn't, <laughs> sound like, it doesn't sound like how she said it at all, but that's basically what she said. We got the gist of it. We got the good uh-huh. stuff from it. The juice. Um, so, yeah, I, I do th- wonder if he's going to show up with some, some Mandalorian buddies. Um, would be nice. And I do think, I, I think it'll basically serve as like a um, a lead-in in a way to Mandalorian Season 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that only makes sense to Weren't me. Weren't there some interviews and stuff that were saying like, oh, this is like Mandalorian Season 2 and a half or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And so far, I'm not seeing that, but this is where it could take a turn. My question is, uh, how does Din get there? Is he going to show up in Moff Gideon's old ship whatever that thing was called whatever kind of little mini oh, star destroyer that was right right well maybe, maybe he's gonna have to take public transport like the pikes oh <laughs> he's just gonna <laughs> take the space liner i <laughs> i was kind of hoping maybe this will debut uh din's new ship like he'll show up in a new ship okay. and we'll be like oh that's the re- replacement for the razor crest i hope he gave because he's he told bo he's like hey, you can have the light cruiser i just want the kid like I oh, hope yeah. he gave her the light cruiser okay. and he took the fang, like the the the, the Mandalorian gauntlet oh. that she had, because I love those gauntlet fighters. Those are maybe those are rad. one of the coolest fighters in Star yeah. Wars. So if he showed up in that, I would be really happy. Like, but, and I'm talking about the ones where like they drops out the bottom Mandalorians. Yeah, not the like little one man fighters that yeah. spin. Like the bigger the, version, the, the, the bigger version, yeah. the one that Bo-Katan had. <clears throat> so yeah, I um. I really enjoyed this episode. I think, you know, I think there's a reason I enjoy this one and the second one the most. I've enjoyed them all, but I think the fourth one and the second one have been my favorites. And it's the fact that they are longer. And it's not just because I want more Boba Fett. It's because I think with Mm -hmm. the longer episode, you can have some action elements and you can have some cool character elements and funny stuff and, you know, weird stuff all mixed together in this really cool way. So I don't know. Uh, overall thoughts before we wrap up this episode, Will. Oh man. I just can't wait to see where it goes from here. I can't wait to see how the relationship between Finnick Shand and Boba Fett develops and Chris Anton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love the idea of all that. Can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And Sal. I mean, yeah, same thing. Like, some questions were answered, but, like, we all want to see where this goes. And, uh, oh, we just skipped over this, dude. But Fennec said the same thing that I thought a few episodes ago, which is, like, oh, you know, the Tus- my Tuscan tribe was killed by these speeder bikers. Right. And she's like, speeder bikers killed a Tuscan tribe? That yeah. does not seem likely. 
I think we're. I think so, he's going to find yeah. out in the modern day that the Pikes did it, and yep. that's just going to make him even and angrier. It's going to become a wonderful revenge tale. Yep. Yep. Um, also, if we're hiring muscle, and I could put together a dream team, like, can we get Valance out there? Oh. Like that would be pretty you know, sick. Uh, when I was recording my Patreon reaction, as I was talking about, like, oh, he's going to hire muscle. I was like, what if he hires the Bad Batch? Oh, that would be rad. They, if they that would be, be cool. They're around. They're kicking around. Well, we don't know that for sure yeah, this far. Sure. In. But, and, okay, a big reason I don't think they would do that is because that kind of shoehorns them. Like, you, I don't know that you would want to take away any potential writing stuff for the Bad Batch series unless they already have it mm -hmm. planned out. Like, yeah, they survived right, right, that right. long. But um, I just like the idea of the Bad Batch showing up, and it's a bunch of different Tamoras. So it's Tamora and some more Tamoras, <laughs> but they're different Tamoras. There's like the big yeah. Tamora and the Rambo Tamora. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, let's hear from some friends. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, nah. 
All right. If you guys want to send in a voicemail or an email, you can easily enough. It's blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Let's kick it off with our good buddy, the king of all Toms, King Tom, Chansey. Yes. Hey there, Hawes and Will. Uh, still loving Book of Boba Fett. Um, and you kind of mentioned this, Hawes. I love seeing how Boba is bonding with animals. Um, that, that's a great little part of his character. That's great to see. Um, I do have some questions, and, and Hawes, and um, I forgot who the guest was. You know, I, 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 yes, I would like your input, but I got to say, my question this week is specifically for Chef Will. And you guys may have already talked about this. But droid chefs, you know, if there were a droid, I, I'd be friends with them. I'd, I'd have droids. I'd hang out with the droids. But is it wrong of me to say I don't know that I would trust a droid to cook? Um, because, yeah, they could get, like, the measurements right and exact and perfect. But I also feel like, and, uh, you know, I, I just cook at home. I also feel like there's a... A, a part of cooking that relies on feel and taste and smell. And I, I wonder how a droid would be with that, you know. And again, you know, living organisms are different too. You know, what's what's palatable and delicious to one type of being, you know, an aqualish might not like what I have for dinner. Or, you know, what a bith may make for dinner may taste and feel disgusting to me. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a problem just in general. You know, it's, it's based on the individual. But, I don't know, droid chefs, maybe they're more efficient or something. But also, another question for Will. Um, you know, if now, because of this episode, you know, if, if someone dangerous were to come in your kitchen, would you defend yourself with, like, the General Grievous, grab a knife with every arm you could and whirl it around? Um, did that inspire anything in you? Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Oh, Will, what a interesting question. How do you feel? Like, because I'll tell you this: I've seen some Will pull some spur of the moment shit in the kitchen that, yeah, a programmed chef droid isn't going to think of. So, what do you think of this idea? Like. <sighs> I personally have no problem with a chef droid because, like you said, they could execute the recipe very exactly and very precisely. So, I mean, if you had a recipe you knew was good and you had a good way to make it, uh, that would make perfect sense to have a droid make it for you. And you could even tell the droid to make certain additions or subtractions next time. You know, log that like this time it was, you know add more salt next time, you know, increase so-and-so by so-and-so. Treating the droid as like a replicator, like that's an interesting concept to me. Uh, there is a part of cooking by feel, but I can still cook by feel myself. I, I would have no problem ordering a droid to make a meal that I knew it was going to make it the way I would make it. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand how much food they eat these days that's made by robots and machines already. They just don't realize <laughs> it. Oh. Well, you know what I know for sure a droid wouldn't come up with is cheesy, spicy ramen, Will. No, or a bologna Big Mac. Oh, oh that's that what would I was not be say. an oh, AI creation. No, I, I, uh, you will not hear EV99 being like, oh, man, you got to get yourself a piece of bread, piece of bologna, another piece of bread, another piece of bologna, some chips, some hot sauce, and another piece of bread. You'll never hear that. Error. Error. Hot sauce. Error. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's hear from 
Josh. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh Wright. I hope you guys are doing well, and I know you're keeping it clean. You know um, I'm keeping it clean. I just want to thank you guys for the uh, fun uh, Book of Boba Fett episodes you guys have been doing. Um, I really like the the uh, variety of special guests. They've all been fun. Um, not that I don't uh, love the episodes where it's just you guys uh, together, but um, it's fun to mix it up, and these have been really great. And speaking of great, we got another great episode of the Book of Boba Fett this week. Uh, lots of really fun moments. Um, one thing um, I think you mentioned, Hawes, in, in your reaction, and um, some other people have mentioned too, is that there are some elements, particularly the uh, kind of uh, human chop shop kind of uh, scene um, that don't seem typically Star Warsy to you. Um, I I got that same feel, um, but to me it feels more. Um, it doesn't feel movie Star Warsy, but it does feel a little bit more comic book Star Warsy, if that makes any sense. Um, I think the Mando had had more of an animated. Star Wars kind of feel to it with uh, some of the animated characters coming in. Uh, but to me, the comics have kind of a dystopian feel and there are lots of uh, people running around the comics with uh, cybernetic enhancements, including uh, Black Chrysanthemum. Um, I hope I pronounced <laughs> that right. Uh, um, um, so what do you guys think? Um, does Book of Boba have more of a comic book Star Wars feel to you? Um I'd be interested to know your thoughts, um, even though I know feel is sort of a hard thing to get a handle on sometimes. Anyway, uh, as I said before, hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for the great episodes, and may the force be with you. I can't get a I can't get a handle on anything uh, relating to feel when it comes to my feet. Um, so, Sal, <laughs> as a comic a Star Wars comics expert, doesn't miss an issue. Gets comics every week, front to back. How do you feel that? I think this is the perfect question for you being on this episode. I mean, like, I I sort of like, and I do all the comics, all the book, all the, I do everything. So it's like I really try to not. I don't separate Star Wars in my head that way, even though it's something different. Obviously, in a comic, it's going to be different than watching it, but when I'm reading a book or a comic, it's all like it's star Wars and it's really about the story and the characters and they sort of coexist on equal footing. And I know that's not a thing that some people, you know, everybody has their favorites. Hey, I like the shows and I only like the movies. Right. You know, it, a lot of times you'll find people that are like, Oh, the movies and nothing else. Right. Um, although that's getting like less and less these days mm -hmm. as more star Wars is introduced. So, like, I understand what he's saying because there's definitely a lot more cyborg characters yeah. in comic books. And I totally forgot that. Black Crescenton has, like, cyborg hands under his thing because he has metal hands to punch people with. Oh, okay. I don't know why he was wearing brass knuckles. He's got, like, metal hands inside he of his brass knuckles. He likes to double up. Like, he's double, son. Well, you know, but, I yeah. think the fact that they added such a prominent uh, comic character with Crescenton... Yeah definitely gives it a comic feel and you know i think a lot of it for me where where like i can see where josh is coming from is coming off like a how many issues what like 30 plus issue crossover with war of the bounty hunters oh, yeah. that sort of wrapped up or at least i wrapped up reading it 
right before Book of Boba Fett started. Mm -hmm. So the transition from that sort of underworld story to this story and obviously Boba's involvement in both definitely gives me a comic book vibe. And I also think Robert Rodriguez's influence on the series uh, feels a little more like maybe pulpy and comic booky than other stuff. So I can kind of see it. What do you think, Will? I absolutely agree. Like the feel it's, I, I can see the feel being comic booky, actiony, but uh, it's, I don't know. It's still very animated. I mean, not animated, but uh, there's a lot of elements that are coming through that I don't even know. People don't usually uh, approach in television. Mm-hmm. I feel like these Star Wars miniseries are pushing the boundaries of what television is capable of exhibiting. I think so too. Uh, or, or what they're, you know, what they're striving for. Uh, so yeah, that's my thoughts. You know what? Like most of the stories like this underworld and following these guys has been shown in comic books like mm-hmm. war of the bounty hunters yeah. and bounty hunters mm-hmm. and Dr. Afra. So like it might be because that's the only place we've seen a lot of these characters stories and similar themes. Yeah. That way, like seeing it on screen, it sort of reminds us of that. Like, Oh, that's like that bounty hunters comic. Yeah, I think so. I think so in a big way. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we've got Colin. Greetings, fellow nerds. It's Colette Colin here. <laughs> uh, it's been a little while since my last voicemail into Blue Harvest. So I just uh, want to say Haas, Will, and our illustrious special guest, and all the other listeners. Yeah. I hope you guys all had a wonderful holiday break and enjoyed spending time with your families and watching Star Wars and all that good stuff. I've also really enjoyed that the other listeners have picked up on the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard talk and have christened our Tusken Raider chief as the King Gizzard and our little nose lizard buddy as the Lizard Wizard. That has sincerely warmed my heart and just made me super duper happy. So that brings me to the topic of my email, voicemail, whatever you want to call this. Um, In this week's episode of the Book of Boba Fett, we finally get to see how Fennec Shand gets her uh, wound fixed, and we see Boba take her to the body modification specialist outside of Moss Eisley, and... As soon as he walked in and we saw those yellow braids on that man, I had a thought to myself, is that who I think it is? And then as soon as they revealed his face, I was like, yes, it's your boy Thundercat. He may be covered in cat hair, but he still smells good. And now he's in Star Wars. For those that don't know, Thundercat, he's a wonderful bass player and an incredible musician. Go check out his stuff. But it was just so great seeing a musician that I love just show up randomly in Star Wars and play a fun role and absolutely kill it. I had to pause the episode and cheer like he was like a personal friend of mine that like my friend got into Star Wars. I don't know this man personally. I just like his groovy tunes. That being said, this brings me to my question. Uh, If you guys wanted to have one of your own favorite musical artists... Uh, cameo or have a guest in appearance in Star Wars, who would it be? Uh, I'm going to kick it off with uh, a couple of choices here. I'm not going to choose King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard because we already have our official, unofficial representation 
in the show. Uh, but I'm going to say the dudes from Mastodon would be great to see have a cameo in the Star Wars universe. They're, they can, you know, they've been on uh, Game of Thrones, and I think they would just work perfect as like a scuzzy band of raiders or, you know, a group of uh, bounty hunters. I think they'd be perfect for that. Another pick of mine, which, you know, doesn't quite work out, unfortunately, because uh, the artist is no longer with us, but David Bowie. I think David Bowie would have been perfect to have in Star Wars. You could stick him anywhere. He could have been a Jedi. He could have been a high-ranking Imperial officer. He could have been a suave, Dryden Vosk-esque crime lord. He could have been anything. So those are my picks. So I just want to hear who you guys would like to see. What musical artist would you like to see make an appearance in Star Wars? And what would you like them... What kind of character would you like them to be? And finally, Haas... Uh, any thoughts on your King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard listens? It's fine if, you know, I'm here for the good and the bad. I'm just, you know, looking forward to your review, buddy. Anywho, I think that's it for me. Uh, I hope you guys keep it clean and ignite the green. And Collect Colin is out. Bye. Uh, Will, musicians you would like to see. By the way, uh, I would like to add that I had no idea about the Thundercat thing until this voicemail. This is all news to me, so... Uh, actually, no, I'm wrong. Jesse told me about that because she saw his name in the credits and was like, I think I know who that is. That's somebody I like. Um, but anyways, Will, who would you like to see? In Star Wars, I would like to see Stoned Cobra. They would make <laughs> a great... Oh. Star Wars band playing in the underworld uh, on the bottom levels of Coruscant in a dive bar. That would be fantastic. Oh, man. Do, do you know if those dudes in Stone Cobra got booked in a Star Wars movie and I record a video game podcast with one of those dudes every few weeks uh, and he had to keep it secret and then I'm just sitting on my couch one day you know, maybe a little stony baloney about to watch the next episode of the Mandalorian or whatever. And yeah. fucking Steve pops up on the screen, buddy. I think I would have like a surprise heart attack. Not like, cause I'm mad, but just out of surprise. Be like, what Steve? <laughs> um, Weird Al. You could put Weird Al in Star Wars as a musical artist. That would be cool. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of surprised they haven't put him in in some sort of cameo role so far. <clears throat> uh, Sal, what about you, buddy? Uh, is, this is a Robert Rodriguez production, so let's get Tito and Tarantula back in. Nice, as like the same band, like when they were in From Dust Till Dawn, nice. but like they're in Maz Eisley or Maz Espa. Sorry, right, right. You that'd know? be kind of uh, cool. Yeah, that'd be rad, and they can be like the same like guys on the side and then like make it some sort of weird triple crossover where they're like, Hey, you know, we need to hire muscle. Right. And they bust out their guitar cases full of guns. Yeah. Full of blasters <laughs> or no, Man. they just got earth guns for some reason. <laughs> yeah, Like for no reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. I'm going to say Adam Jones from tool, uh, just because the two I want to say are both big Star Wars fans, so it, to me it seems like it would make sense. So Adam Jones from Tool, he's a Star Wars fan. He's actually just a giant fucking nerd. He loves comics. He loves wrestling. 
Uh, as far as a role, I don't know. I, I just put him in something. You know, it doesn't have to be a major role. Um, and then I would say Claudio from Coheed and Cambria, who is also a giant Star Wars fan. And I think uh, the fact that his band is this big sci-fi opera epic concept band, like sort of reflects that. And, uh, you know, maybe just have him play a cool looking ba- bounty hunter because he's got that cool hair and shit. Those would be my picks. And so my King Gizzard update is Colin brings up King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't ever really jumped in because they've got so many fucking albums and and I don't know where to jump in. And then everybody starts hitting me up. Yo, you listen to this. You listen. You should listen to this. You should listen to this one. So I start like paring down that list. And the one album that I got consistently was one called Infest the Rat's Nest, which fucking rules. I suggest both you dudes listen to infest the rat rat's nest by king gizzard and the lizard wizard um and i haven't branched out more than that i've listened to that uh, uh album a few times and you know i'll pick up i'll go further next but like i like to spend some time with an album catch its vibe listen to it a little bit before i just take in the next one you know so that's my king gizzard update so far so good All right, we got one more voicemail and then an email, and we'll call it a night. Um, Let's see, where is this? This is from our buddy Jim. Good evening, Haws and Will. And, of course, uh, Doom. Uh, How you doing, Mr. Perales? I wanted to ask you guys, uh, so... Imagine that Boba gets his wish and he solidifies Tatooine, and uh, his his temple is as jumping as it was back in the day with Jabba. Um, and then Luke Skywalker shows up. What do you think? How do you think that got, that would go down, gentlemen? Um, you know, same, same scenario, you know, Boba's just chilling in, in his, uh, on his throne and here comes Luke to chat with him, maybe with Grogu. How, how exactly? You think it'd just, it'd be all roses or you think maybe Luke holds a little bit of a grudge? All right, gentlemen, ignite the green. Um, I don't think it would go that poorly. I think Boba... I mean, I I definitely don't think Luke would hold a grudge. Boba, I don't know, man. Like, I think... uh, Boba's not dumb enough to underestimate a Jedi. Right. Well, and especially at this point in his his life, like, Boba definitely has problems with the Jedi because of what happened to Jango. But, you know, you would hope by now he's sort of moved on from that and realizes that just because Luke is a Jedi doesn't mean... He has anything to do or is responsible to, right. for what happened to his dad. Plus, you got to remember, like, Boba was a big part in getting Grogu to Luke. Mm-hmm. And if Luke shows up with Grogu, you got to imagine that after season two of Mandalorian ended, Boba showed back up, met up with those people, those guys, and they were like, dude, you'll never guess what happened. And Boba was like, oh, I know that guy. You should have seen what I saw that dude do on Tatooine one time. 
I didn't get to see the end of it because I ended up in the Sarlacc pit, and they're like, oh, shit, don't tell us about the Sarlacc again, Boba. Here we go again, mm. Sarlacc we we get it. Fennec we get... is like that place is so gross. Yeah, he blew. <laughs> I blew it up with a seismic charge, and now... then he was like, "Don't touch my pud." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it would go that bad. I mean, as long as Luke wasn't coming to being like, you know, like threatening yeah. Boba, which doesn't seem like Luke's style, and as long as Boba wasn't like threatening Luke or. You know, I'm sure he would treat him as the local daimyo. He would ask him why the fuck he's on his land and to get the hell off of it. Who knows? <laughs> Once again, with 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 Luke being like, especially if Luke showed up with Grogu, I kind of feel like he would just be like, "Hey, well, you know, I helped rescue that kid, so that you could have him, Luke. Like, why are you? Don't be stepping to me, man. So, like, what do you want? What do you need? Can I not just live here? Without having to deal with you. I don't think Luke holds grudges. But I also think that it would go however Luke wanted it to go. That's exactly what would happen, right? Which That's... is like, you know, like, I think he would be reasonable. Yeah. And I think Boba at this point is being reasonable. Uh, he's tired of dying because people are dumb and make mistakes. Yeah. Well, um, and, you know, I, I guess Luke would have some sort of interest in who's running Tatooine now, right? Because right, that's right. his home planet. Um, it's probably no, like he didn't eh, care about Java. Bib Fortuna doing a terrible job. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He, ain't been, he hasn't been back to his home planet in a minute, so we'll see. Yeah, but, yeah I was born uh, here, you know. Yeah, and I don't you're going to die like, here. I ain't here, you know. <laughs> BK tried to kill Boba, and Boba was like, "Ah, it was just a job." So, like, yeah, I think Boba's yeah. over grudges too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless he finds out that Luke killed his tribe, then Luke might be in a little bit of oh, hot water. Dude, that, I, I think that's very unlikely. I think it's unlikely too. And if that turned out to be the big reveal, like you'd probably see me mad on the internet. <laughs> I'd be like, what? How does this make sense? All right. I hate You're over here ruining George Lucas's character. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got an email and then we'll call it a night. This is from our buddy, Sam. He said, howdy halls, will and esteemed guest. <coughs> I hope you all are having a great week. Last week, I had an email drafted to you saying that I wanted to see more Finnick, and then I thought I'd wait a week, and I feel like we really got to see more of her this week. I feel like she's been present, but really hasn't had much more of a character arc other than offering to kill people for Boba. How would you like to see her character further fleshed out? Finally, I have a random thing to ask you all. Have you ever wondered what happened to those arm restraints on Han when he goes into Carbonite? In Cloud City, he has restraints on his upper arms when he goes into the chamber, but when he comes out in Jabba's palace, they aren't there. What do you think their purpose is, or was there just simply a production mistake? Anyway, keep on with the great work, and thanks for being a positive force in the fandom. Best wishes, Sam. P.S. Won't it be great when the muscle in the next week's episode is Mace Windu with a robot arm. I really hope it isn't. Ha ha. If I remember correctly, I thought the Ugnaughts took off the cuffs before they dropped him down in there. Yeah. But there's some upper arm restraints. They are all. Those are like, like those stitches that dissolve. Like that's what it is. Yeah. When the when the carbonite gas hits to freeze Bo, uh, freeze uh, yeah. Boba, uh, Han, it, it it melts those off. That's my... It melts uh, right off. Yeah. That, yeah, it freezes it right off. It's it's cold melted. Yeah. Yeah, that's my... Boom. Yeah. There we go. Boom. Uh, uh, 
Sal has now answered why Boba was so pissed at the Trandoshans. There's literally no other explanation. He nailed it 100%. Um, and now we've got this answer. Perfect. Um, what would you guys like to see further developed for like, where would you like to see Finnick go from here? Why don't you start with this one? Uh, Sal. I, I don't know. I like, I honestly don't know. I, I, I think this is a great beginning to some more mm -hmm. deeper character work, but I, I just want to see where it goes. Yeah. Like I, I'm interested in like not only Boba and Fennec's relationship, but Fennec herself and what she's, because clearly she's changing. She was like a cold hearted assassin. Yep. You know, all just ready. Like, and now she's, she stayed. Yep. She didn't go. She, she was like, all right, I'm gonna do this thing. And then I get to go. I value my freedom. Um, and she's like not quite sacrificing that freedom, but maybe she's finding a different place like Boba. Yeah. They're yeah. all tired of dying because of idiots. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I could totally see that. What about you, Will? I, uh, I don't know. Hit me with yours. You hit me with yours. Circle back to me. So ultimately kind of what I sort of envision and I'm probably way off, but I would like to imagine for the end of this season um, would be Boba gets caught like Din does Boba a solid and shows up. And before he leaves or whatever, he tells Boba like, hey, man, you're a Mandalorian and Mandalore needs your help. Like there's this shit going on on Mandalore. We want you to join up with us. And Boba will be like, well, okay, so I handled, you know, my revenge on the Pikes and on the Sandspeeder folks. I put my family together. I have this new sort of found family. I became my own da daimyo. Um, this is my chance to resolve this part of me, this Mandalorian part and, you know, whatever his feelings are about that, right? Very clearly... He feels something about it because he has a chain code and has built into his armor that proves that his dad was a Mandalorian. He has claim to this armor because of that. So All that's Mandalorian civil wars. Exactly. So then Boba will go off to help with the fight to regain Mandalore. And what happens is Finnick is the crime Lord in his stead until he's, he comes back. So like what I'd like to see is like, cause clearly she's just as capable as Boba and they're learning from each other. So I would like to see her put in sort of the ultimate position of power on Tatooine. Um, and then when Boba gets back, they're sort of, sort of like rule together for lack of a better term, but you know, they're already sort of, it seems like they're already sort of 50, 50 in this whole thing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'd like to see. That's, that's along the lines of what I'd like. Um, I like you said. I want a Fennec Shan to stick around as long as possible. I do think Din Djarin will need his help on Mandalore. Um, I think he might decline. He might decline and do his Book of Boba Fett thing until the eleventh hour, and he'll show up to turn the tide for Din Djarin. Oh, so you at think the last minute Han Solo style? Oh, you think he'll turn it down, and then there'll be a Boba run in? Yeah. Oh, I like that idea. Slave one just come out of the sun, and yeah. Boba's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think there's a lot of cool stuff. And I know Sam was joking about Mace Windu showing up with a robot arm. And I don't think that would happen in Book of Boba Fett. But it could. But I'm telling you, 
Samuel L. Jackson is too willing and has mentioned being too willing to do something with Mace Windu again for them not. I, I don't know. I just think there's a chance. There's always a chance. Look, they brought Darth Maul back and bro, we still haven't. He doesn't have a robot tummy. We don't know how he poop. So if they can bring that fool back, Samuel L. Jackson, he like, he essentially lost an arm and microwaved a fork. A metal fork in the microwave. <laughs> he can come back. Kills the most badass Jedi <laughs> master. So he'll be all right. <sighs> all right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Sal, buddy, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can hear you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we are the Rogue Rebels podcast. It's usually the whole family. We do everything. Books, comics, shows, movies, if they ever make any more. Uh, you can check us out at therogerebels.com. We are on Twitter at Rogue Rebels Fam, and we're on Instagram and TikTok at The Rogue Rebels, where you can see lots of pictures of lightsabers and costumes and spinning and all that good stuff. Yeah. I highly recommend the podcast. They are um, my favorite family in Star Wars. What a pleasure to know them and listen to them and uh, consider them friends. So guys, please go check them out. And you know what? You know how we're always like, ah, give us some iTunes reviews. Give them some iTunes reviews too. Everybody what? gets iTunes reviews. You get an iTunes yeah. review. Yeah. You get an iTunes review. Yeah. If if you were listening to this episode and Sal dropped that Trandoshan Wookiee slaver stuff on you and it blew your mind and mm. sent your mind into the galaxy, your third eye opened and you understood Star Wars better than ever before, became more of a whole person and a better Star Wars fan because of it, fucking leave them a good iTunes review. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, maybe just drop those up. words in an iTunes review. <laughs> yeah. The Spotify has reviews now. Five stars on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, and if you want to support this podcast, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. I've been posting my immediate Book of Boba Fett reactions, and you get access to all of our other bonus content. And we'll see you guys next week when our special guest will be our good friend, artist extraordinaire, Mr. Evan DeCellis. So look forward to that. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wynn. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.